Okay, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Consume, <laughs> podcast by me, Burton Olivier, uh, about my consumption of things, with the main framework being uh, my movie a day challenge for 2021. <sighs> oh, really, it's more of like a diary <laughs> these days, um, which, speaking of, today was fine. I woke up and I drove around trying to find, I read a uh, this week's uh, new Harley Quinn and Detective Comics, and I think last week's Batman Superman comic, and uh, I wanted to go buy them. So I drove down to my secondary shop, Pulp Fiction, down in Culver City, and uh, they didn't have it. And so I did like a Google search for nearby uh, comic book stores. And uh, there's this place, Dream World, which is pretty cool. They were like a really heavily themed shop like everything was painted they had a big superman logo on the ground the bathroom was called the bat room with little chippy drawings of batman and batgirl on it they had like mannequins wearing costumes there was a ski ball like an old ski ball thing in there it's a fun little shop i'm sure i should uh go there more and they didn't have anything so i went around to uh this other shop that i'd never heard of before called like the comic bug i think or the comic guy maybe um bugs and men they're the same right and they're a pretty basic shop but they had a good uh, it was nice. It had, a like, a lot of modern stuff. Good, like, nice huge wall of trades. Uh, they had Harley Quinn and this other indie book, Dead Dog's Bite, that I got, which is kind of like a mystery supernatural comic about a girl who disappeared. And that book has really good art, and of course I can't remember who did it right now. But yeah, I was driving around for, like, two and a half hours, probably, which was nice. Uh, just, like, singing in my car. Though, of course, like, after the first 45 minutes, I had to pee so bad that, like, I, uh, had to stop at a Target and use their restroom, which is much more nerve-wracking now in a pandemic. But when your body is ruled by your small bladder, you have to do things. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Then I came home and me and Dexter watched today's episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, which is pretty good. It's a fun show. I like uh, Bucky and Falcon together. The actors work well together. And I know you're supposed to like because they have the new U.S. agent who's, like, taking Captain America's place. And I know you're not supposed to like him because our main characters don't like him. They think he doesn't deserve to be Cap, which maybe that's true. And he is, like, a little cocky and sure of himself. But I think he's just, like, they, like, show that he's proved himself as a soldier. He's worked really hard. He just wants to do what's right. And I think he just doesn't want to put up with uh, Cap and Fa or Bucky and Falcon's, like, bullshit. Because just because he wasn't around them doesn't mean he didn't work. You know, he could have handled something a little, things a little better. Like at one point he called Falcon, like, it'd be nice to have Cap's wingman with me. And that was a mistake. He should have been a little more respectful. But I like him. Uh, I think I will be right in the end. He's going to turn out to be like a real cool dude and a fan favorite, I think. Oh, and also a uh, good mail day. I got in the new 68 record. Uh, the 68 is probably like my favorite modern band right now. Uh, kind of like noise punk. Uh, rock and roll stuff and so yeah i got there the vinyl in the mail today and listen to that it's a very nice good album i'm definitely gonna have to listen to it more like pick out favorites uh but it's good stuff anyways let's just let's get to the first movie of the week i watched um django from 1966 and this is like a big western i know like like not just because of django unchained which django unchained was influenced by this and did bother like or borrow the theme uh yeah, this is like a big western, and like, it's uh, also kind of an adaptation of Yojimbo, the way A Fistful of Dollars is. And unfortunately, I think A Fistful of Dollars is more, but this is also very different. Wait. I think A Fistful of Dollars is better, uh, and 
but this is like a different movie. This is way more cartoony. The visuals are more striking. There's a lot more blood. Um, apparently this is like, it's pretty violent. He, uh, apparently this guy like banned in Britain for its violence, which I guess I understand. There is a part where a guy cuts a guy's ear off and like feeds it to him. Um, but yeah, so we got our loner, Django, shows up in this town and he's an interesting character. He used to fight for the union. He's wearing his union uniform and he's dragging a coffin around. And this town is like neutral ground between these like Mexican revolutionaries and these former Confederate soldiers who have made their own like, uh, I can't remember what they call them, like red shirts. The synopsis says red shirts, but I don't remember if they said that, but they all wear, they all wear like bright red sashes and stuff on their uniforms and they also wear red hoods. They're like kind of based on Klansmen and also are supposed to be Klansmen. Like there's a scene to show how brutal they are where the leader, uh, for fun and target practice makes these Mexican captives run and he like shoots them down in front of their kids. It's real awful stuff. So Django shows up to town. He stops a group of the Mexicans from whipping this prostitute to death, Maria. Uh, no, the Mexicans are whipping her. She gets saved by the red shirts, but the red shirts then are going to tie her to a crucifix and burn her. And that's when Django shows up and shoots them. Um, then he brings her to town and like the, the, uh, clansman leader comes to challenge him and he says, bring all your men. Django says that. And then, uh, when he does, we find out that Django inside of the, um, the coffin, it has a giant Gatling gun, machine gun. He just mows down all of them, which is pretty cool. It's pretty rad. The visual of him like dragging a coffin is really cool. Uh, and then he, uh, I don't know, I feel the need to fully recap the rest of it. You know, that's what I started to do. Um, Django falls over the Mexican revolutionaries. He helps them steal gold. He tries to take the gold and then he loses the gold in a quicksand or whatever. And he's going to run away with Maria. But then the Mexicans like, uh, like break his hands and like stomp on him and they have their horses stomp on his hands. But then the Mexicans are all killed by the Klansmen. And then he, uh, says he's going to kill Django or the Klansmen leader wants to go after Django and Django leads him to this uh graveyard where like Django's love is buried um Mercedes Zaro and he like sets up behind her cross and he takes the trigger guard off his gun and kills everybody by like pressing his gun into the cross and he just has amazing aim even under these conditions and then that's it that's um it's a cool movie there's a there's a lot of fun stuff in there it suffers from like the dub is really bad i watched the english dub and the voice acting is just not great and it's not lined up very well and um i like and the the voice especially really killed the lead because the lead looks really good but he doesn't look as cool to me as uh clint eastwood does in fistful of dollars um but yeah it's a 3.5 solid good western i definitely need there's like 30 or more like unofficial sequels which i don't know if i'll track those down but i think i do want to track down the one sequel he did and i should probably watch django unchained again the actor who played django in this is in django unchained which is cool um and apparently they're like the same actor is working on a version of like another sequel of django where an older django has like gone to hollywood and he's like a consultant for silent movies about westerns which is like really cool i like that idea and it's like it was supposed to be made in like 2015 then it got pushed back and it's supposed to start filming last year but then COVID happened uh so I hope that actually happens at some point because that sounds dope it reminds me of a uh there's a really good comic that came out last year called Pulp that um 
is about a Western. Uh, it's about a gunslinger who grows up and moves to, moves to New York, and then he starts writing pulp novels about Westerns, which are basically like his exploits, but like slightly different. That's a really cool book. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got for today. We'll see you tomorrow for one more random movie before we start our Godzilla Kong uh, marathon. Or not marathon. Whatever. Marathon. <laughs> and for the release of Godzilla vs. Kong you know, next week. Um, so yeah. Uh, later. See ya. I just remembered. I don't think I commented on the theme song. The theme song for this rules. They kind of use it in Django Unchained, so you might like recognize it. Uh... And they play it like two times maybe in the movie. And I think that they should have played it like fucking eight times. <laughs> like they did in a Silver Saddle. Where that theme song sucked. But this one rules. Great theme song. Okay. I just felt like I needed to say that. Alright. Bye. Hey guys. Welcome to day two. Uh, gonna complain about my brother again. Because that's, that's the content everybody likes. Right? Um... So today was an okay day. We decided to um, move up our usual Sunday anime day to Saturday and because we're going to start the Godzilla marathon thing tomorrow and also there's a wrestling show I want to watch. Um, so we watched like six hours of anime from 5 to 6 or 5 <laughs> from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. and we're watching Haikyuu. Which, it's a fun show. It's a cute show. But, like, I'm not really invested. So, I'm, um, looking at my phone a lot. And, you know, kind of half paying attention. And also, like, for as fun as Q is, it's a show about high school volleyball. And the whole time, there's just this voice in the back of my head. I was like, why are they taking volleyball so seriously? Like, who gives a fuck? Kids just need to chill out and enjoy your life. Which I know is not, like, the point of a show. And also, I didn't do sports in high school. I'm sure it was this important for people who did sports in high school. It's just not me. So towards the end, whenever we finish, finally, and Dexter's, like, going to sleep, he, uh, he, like, shakes his head at me, and he, like, acts disappointed that I'm not, uh, paying attention, and that I don't, like, care as much as him, which is, like, a general problem that he has, and I think a lot of people have. Like, if you enjoy something, it doesn't mean that you can't be critical of it. Like, I don't need to to fully enjoy something or to think it's cool. It can be a three-star thing. It can be just fine. It doesn't need to be, like, an unassailable five-star, I have no notes thing, you know? It, like, doesn't have to be... It's not an all-or-nothing thing, which I think a lot of people don't get are like just don't subscribe to like you have to be fully into everything and i think you should like overall try to enjoy things and not be like overly critical if you don't have to be but that doesn't mean you like can't <laughs> criticize or like can't uh or that you have to like fully i'm i'm going in circles now but i notice this a lot especially with him like anytime i like have one criticism or something he always just goes like god he can't just enjoy things it's like, no, I'm enjoying it, but like, I can still have a critical mind about it, you know? Whatever, I was just, that was just stuck in my head and I needed to get it out. Which, actually enjoying something and being able to think critically about something applies to today's movie. Today's movie, I watched The Searchers from 1956. It's a western starring John Wayne, and it's a really good movie. 
but you have to just like take into account the time it's in and like think critically about it so john wayne is a he plays a former confederate soldier who apparently like also fought in the mexican revolutionary war and then is now returning home after eight years to this his family in texas and uh that's a cool thing about this movie. There's a lot of depth to the story and to the characters, which I feel like is, uh, and not all of it is, it's like some of it's pretty subtle. Like he never says he was in the Mexican war, but he has like a medal from it or whatever. Um, so uh, there's a depth of story that's pretty cool in this movie. So he gets home and, uh, immediately he's like kind of an asshole. He's like a little abrasive. Um, you know, people love him, but then there's this, uh, adopted nephew, our adopted son, his adopted nephew, uh, who admits that he's, um, he's part Native American. I can't remember if he's, uh, Comanche or Cherokee. The Wikipedia is not telling me. Um, anyways, and John Wayne immediately kind of, like, looks at him funny and, like, treats him weird because he admits that he's, like, part Native American. Um, so he gets home, these, uh, other family comes in and says that, like, their uh, cattle got stolen by Comanches, or as they say in this movie, Comanche, uh, which I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> it's probably not a cool thing to say, but it sounds cool. Um, and they took their cattle, so they like get a posse to go chase after them. And they realized the cattle have been killed. And the whole purpose of it was to draw the men away so they can attack the homesteads. So Ethan, John Wayne, uh, returns back to find his house burned down, his brother his brother's wife and their son dead and the two girls have been kidnapped uh and so this leads to the posse trying to chase after the comanches they get they don't have enough people so they get run down uh and then the whole movie is ethan deciding to still go after them to find debbie because they found the older daughter lucy's body he found her body um and it's implied that she was raped or whatever uh and so ethan and the part uh Cherokee boy are going after him and that's like the whole movie is them uh searching <laughs> they're the searchers for Debbie um I'm trying to find a way to be concise about this but I'm I, I'm having a hard time um so yeah this is just it's a very well paced movie and it's pretty well told it's uh interesting because like you can tell that John Wayne just wants like revenge and he also doesn't want Debbie to him, like, Debbie growing up and living as a Comanche is, like, worse than death. Uh, so he's, like, probably gonna kill her if they find her. And that's part of the reason why, uh, the boy, Martin, uh, stays with him. Because he wants to keep her safe if they ever get found. And there's also, I didn't catch this, but in reading, there's, like, some implications. It's never said. But there's some implications that John Wayne had a thing for his wife's, or for his brother's wife, and that maybe Debbie's his kid, and that's a part of the reason why he's so riled up and, like, set on revenge. Um, but yeah, they're, like, searching for five years, and, uh, they go over, all over. There's some, like, beautiful landscapes in this. Though there is, like, it kind of suffers from being filmed in 1956 because they do use like some sound stages that look real cheesy and some of the acting's a little still and there's a whole like subplot that is kind of nice but it still like feels unnecessary of like martin and this girl who like back in their town who like loves him but uh he like feels obligated to stay on this search and he won't stay and marry her and that's like really upsetting um 
But yeah, so they eventually find Debbie. She's still alive. She's still living with the Comanches. Uh, Martin has to, like, protect her from Ethan the first time that they see her. Uh, but then they're going to run off. You know what? I'm doing a bad job <laughs> of recapping this today. You should watch it. It's good. It ends. They uh, And I like the ending because, the, like, the one pro, main pro of this being filmed 56 is that there is a happy ending, which I enjoy. Love a happy ending. But it does end with John Wayne still, like, walking off into the distance alone. So I do like that his character's, like, a miserable asshole who's just still gonna be alone. Because that's what he deserves, honestly. Um, uh, so yeah, so I gave this a 4.5. I felt like if I gave The Wild Bunch a 4.5, I enjoy I was just as engaged in this movie as that one, if not more. Uh, so I feel like I need to give it a 4.5. Though they're two very different westerns. Though it's funny that uh, John Wayne criticized the Wild Bunch because he felt like it killed the myth of the Old West. When I feel like in this movie, like, what myth are you trying to uphold? Like, you play, he plays like like a racist bastard who is set up for vengeance that, like, is obviously not a, like, um, sympathetic character, really. Though I'm sure audiences in 1956 found him very sympathetic. But, like, watching it through a modern lens, like... It's obvious that he's just, like, the Ahab, like, crazy fucking, uh, just, like, a unrepentant, brutal rapist, uh, not rapist, <laughs> racist, and, uh, like, Martin would be more of the, like, protagonist of this movie, like, the good guy holding it together. I don't know, whatever, this has been a mediocre <laughs> review for a great movie, um, so, yeah, that's all about, oh, no, wait, in the trivia, it said that in the 90s, they were going to do a remake of this with Bruce Willis and Johnny Depp, except it was going to be in space. And that would have been fucking hilarious. I wish that that actually existed. There was also, apparently in like the 2010s, Warner Brothers wanted to do a remake that was also set in space. And at the end, it turns out that Debbie is a zombie, which sounds so stupid. <laughs> so I also really wish that that existed. <sighs> but unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, so yeah. That's all I got for today. We'll uh, see you tomorrow for a Godzilla movie, I think. Yeah, bye. What's up, guys? Day three? I'm fucking, uh, I was going to come in with, like, in a good mood, but I just, because uh, I got some good news. We'll hold for that. Uh, I just checked my unemployment, like, the card, like, where they deposit your money. And I'm checking earlier than I normally do, because I was trying to, like, I wanted to start the transfer so I could send my brother the rent on time. Um, but they've only deposited half of my usual payments, so only one week of the usual two weeks. And I hope this is just because I checked it early and it's, like, still processing, uh, and not, uh, some issue that I'm gonna have to fucking try to resolve. So that's got me feeling, like, weird and on shaky ground. Because I am starting to get to, like, where I need to watch my money. That's been, like, the one nice thing about the pandemic is, like, through most of it, with the unemployment and the extra money that I've been getting from unemployment, I've been getting uh, more money than I've ever made at a job. So I've been able to, like, kind of carefree, just, like, buy shit I want, buy whatever food I want, um, and, like, pay off my bills. Like, I'll pay, like, more than double on all my payments. Um, so I should probably start being smarter about that. Um, but anyways, to the good news, I got a vaccination appointment. I'm going in on, uh, Friday, which is pretty cool. I feel, like, weird and nervous about it. But, uh, yeah, because all the, they opened up to our age range if you have underlying conditions. And I am obese. 
<laughs> medically. But at first, for all of California, it said like you had to have severe obesity. And I felt like I'm pretty close. Like severe obesity is 40 BMI or higher and obese is 30. I'm at 37. And I felt weird lying about it because it's the one thing that they could like easily disprove. <laughs> like I walk in there and they're like, oh, you don't look fat enough, motherfucker. You need to get on that scale and prove it, which I'm sure they would never do. But I just didn't feel right lying. But now the Walgreens site just said obesity. The word severe was not around it. So I'm not lying. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. And also uh, the other bit of good news I had, which is uh, I probably shouldn't have done this because of the whole money thing. But I ordered a new laptop because uh, I can feel the one I'm working on is starting to die. And I feel like, like buying a new one before this one starts to die is a good idea and then that way then I can have this one like kind of clean it up and then have it as a backup just in case and also I was looking at the the Dell site and it said it could get here by Wednesday and Wednesday the 31st is the day that I hit a thousand days without a drink uh which feels big so I want to reward myself and so why not my credit score is going to go down but whatever who gives a fuck um anyways today's movie so we started the uh the MonsterVerse Marathon with uh, Godzilla from 2014. And I like this a lot. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, it's kind of, it is bad in the ways that you'd expect it to be bad. But it's not nearly as bad as, like, I thought it could have been. But I, like, I thought the world building was cool. The Godzilla effects were cool. The fights were rad. I wasn't even mad at, like, I remember one of the main criticisms when this first came out was all the people talking about how little Godzilla you got. But I wasn't upset about it. I didn't feel the need at any point, like, oh, we need more of him. Like, I felt like it was hand pretty well yeah but yeah so it's cool like you know they established that Godzilla first appeared in 1954 and that a uh, nuclear sub went missing and that was Godzilla like eating the nuclear energy or whatever and all those like nuclear tests that they did back on like in the South Pacific that was like actually the Americans and Russians trying to kill Godzilla so that's interesting I like that bit of twisting history and then uh we cut to 1999 you got Brian Cranston is working at a nuclear site and, um, well, first you got, uh, fucking, I don't want to fuck up his name. Ken Montana, Ken Montanabe, Watanabe, Ken Watanabe, Jesus. My high school Japanese, um, it's failing me. Uh, Ken Watanabe plays like a scientist and they, in the Philippines, they find a mining company finds like a fossilized ancient Godzilla and it has these like spores in it. And that's where we get our other monsters, the Mutos, all these big like insect things. Um, so one of the Mutos hatches heads to Japan where Brian Cranston is working in a nuclear plant and his wife is like working down in the reactor or something. And then a real heart-wrenching scene like of like Brian Cranston having to close the like containment doors before his wife can like get to the get to the um, get away from the reactor that's breaking out. So she like so we like watch her we don't only watch her die, but like he sees her through the door as it closes and that was rough, like a real <laughs> hard downer to start this movie on um and you know it's essentially just a uh, a fridging which if you don't know what a fridging is in like mostly comic book parlance it's like it's when you kill um a woman in order to give the main character motivation this is from a the term fridging comes from like a green lantern comic where kyle rayner the green lantern comes and finds his girlfriend like dismembered and stuffed into his fridge um but yeah, so that, and then we cut to 15 years later, where Brian Cranston's son, who's played by the Marvel Quicksilver, um, the MCU Quicksilver, 
from Age of Ultron. And he's also married to Elizabeth Olsen. So we get a fun Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are married in this universe. Um, his son is now like a bombs expert for the military. And Brian Cranston has like gone crazy and is convinced that it wasn't an earthquake or a reactor meltdown that killed his wife. It was something else. And so he's been like in Japan still like turning into a nut and trying to like break into this quarantine zone. And so his son has to fly to Japan to like get him out of jail for trespassing. And then uh, he convinces his son to go trespass with him again. And then they get caught and they go into like the uh, base that the government has set up around it. Because that's where like the Muto has like been nesting for the past 15 years. And coincidentally while it's there, while they're there, it wakes up and cause a bunch of damage and this is where uh and then brian cranston dies and then we follow his son for the rest of the movie and so the muto goes from here and it goes to oahu where it fights godzilla for the first time and that's cool and then quicksilver happens to be there too um and then godzilla like chases the muto to america uh to to the west coast where there's a female muto that's that was like hidden in nevada because that's like they were dissecting it um so yeah, then it's just the rest of the movie is supposed about the Mutos, which are two like bug-like aliens trying to like have kids <laughs> and like lay their eggs in San Francisco while Godzilla's trying to fight them because these Mutos are like dangerous to Godzilla's species, so he needs to kill them. And then the whole time, c- conveniently, uh, Quicksilver is like in the Navy and he's a bombs expert and they need to use a nuke that doesn't have like a computer on it, uses an analog thing, uh, because the MUTOs set off EMPs and he's like an expert on that. So that's why he's in the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, you know, then they Godzilla fights the MUTOs, kills them, does some cool shit. Quicksilver saves the day and stops the bomb from blowing up in San Francisco. And he also kills all the eggs from the, uh, the MUTOs and, you know, it's fun. It's like a fun ride. It's like well paced throughout. Um, and yeah, the Godzilla like character design looks rad. The Mutos are pretty cool. The fights between them are really cool. Like he fucking <laughs> kills one of them by like holding its jaw open and then screaming down into its mouth his like nuclear blue nuclear fire breath, which that was fucking rad. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, four stars. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to um, the rest of the movies in this series now. Should be a fun week. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got for you today. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. Day four. It is Monday. Um, been feeling real weird today. And I think it's just because I'm stressed about money again. Because I, ne- I never got that second payment for my unemployment. And uh, I looked on it and like it says... Like, it says I still have money left in my account, but it's like, has the date of 322 and on extension for, like, my claim year or whatever. And so I got paid through to 322, and I just haven't received this stuff for last week. And they're doing maintenance on the site tonight, so hopefully this means they're, like, working on the update, and I'm just, like, waiting to for, like, the extensions that the bill signed to get passed through. Um, I don't know, but it's freaking me out, because if I don't get any money after this i am fucked and it sucks because like i treat money differently from the way my brother and my mom do and it's like i don't think it's necessarily irresponsible but i'm just not careful with it and it's annoying because i can't like complain to them about it or ask about it because they just don't they see it as solely my irresponsibility that's gotten me into this when you know it's everything and sure maybe i'm not the most but i'm not like i don't know i'm not the worst it's not my fault I 
combat uh, depression with retail therapy. Blame uh, years of capitalist brainwashing. Anyways, uh, so today's movie, we watched uh, the next movie in the MonsterVerse. We watched Kong Skull Island. Oh, another reason I've been stressed is because uh, on the COVID vaccine thing, it says, do you feel sick today? And I've had like a slightly sore throat and some like snifflies and some like slight uh, colored (laughs) snot. And I don't know if that's like too sick. Like how sick is too sick to get the vaccine? Like I'll have to ask them because I want to be safe because I'm expecting this vaccine to like hit me pretty hard because the flu shot that I took really fucked me up. So I'm ready to feel like shit. But we'll see on Friday. I just need to, like, take care of myself until then, I guess. Um, But yeah, anyways, Kong Skull Island. This was a lot of fun. I fucking like Godzilla. I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Uh, Like, if Godzilla, if I give that a 4, I have to give this a 4.5. Which, like, feels like it's too much for this movie. But also, if I'm grading it on a Doughboy scale of does this set achieve what it sets out to do? And it does. I like the world in this. I like the backstory and the actors were good. And the um, story was like nicely paced. Uh, way more fun actors than last time. We have Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson and Tom Hiddleston and John C. Riley and even like the lower cast that I can't remember their names. The one guy who like always looks like an Irish cop who was, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? See, I don't even think I ever knew his name before. Uh, Franklin Shea Wingham. He's like Steve Buscemi's brother in Boardwalk Empire. He's great. Um, yeah, so it's cool. It starts out 1944 and an American and Japanese pilot fighting the South Pacific. They like get into a dog fight and they land on a island and they're like, they crash land on an island. They're like still fighting each other and they fight into the jungle until Kong shows up. And this scene was like shot really cool. Like the beach they land on is huge. And apparently, especially for this scene, the director used uh, the good, the bad, and the weird as an inspiration, which is pretty cool. I didn't, uh, I remember, like, thinking that the scene felt very stylized in the moment and realizing that that's what he was, like, working from. That makes sense. Um, then we cut to 73. It's the very end of the Vietnam War, and we got John Goodman, who's working for Monarch, that company that in Godzilla was, like, researching Godzilla, and he gets a team of, like, Vietnam soldiers for one last mission that includes Samuel L. Jackson and Steve Buscemi's brother and, uh, some other fun character actors. And they get Brie Larson as a photographer. They get Tom Hiddleston as like a pro, like, tracker or whatever. And uh, then they go to Skull Island, which is like, they just found it because they got satellite imagery for the first time. And apparently it's just like this crazy island in the South Pacific that nobody goes to. And it has a perpetual storm system around it, which is wild. Like, I feel like, I guess in this world, like, they say that, like, trade routes have avoided it for thousands of years. So people in this world have probably heard of it. But, like, man, that, I feel like that would be, like, unavoidable. Like, everyone would know about that. Maybe not in the 70s. So we had a cool scene of them, like, flying their helicopters in. And then the helicopters, like, meet Kong. And Kong, like, fucks them up. Which in a really cool scene of him just fighting all these helicopters and fucking people up. Then they all crash, and it's about them trying to get off the island. While Samuel L. Jackson is, like, a... he's a, Since he's a colonel who... Not a colonel. Oh yeah, he's a lieutenant colonel. Um, and he's feeling disillusioned, like wondering what they're fighting for because he put all his heart into this war and now they're abandoning it. And he sees this as like one last fight. And since it killed his men, he like makes Kong his white whale. Man, my neighbor's 
driving home just blasting music. He doesn't give a fuck. Okay, I guess I'm gonna talk over this because he's taking fucking forever. Um, so yeah, then it's just them like fighting through and like exploring this island where they're in addition to Kong, there's like these crazy, all these crazy fucking animals and there's a giant buffalo with like huge horns. Looks something like out of a, like a, what's that one animator? Um, Miyazaki. It's like something out of a Miyazaki uh, movie. And uh, this like terrifying a spider called they call it the mommy long legs it has a giant like bamboo leg so it blends in there's a stick bug that's like actually like a log bug because it's so big and then our main like bad guys are these uh weird uh skull crawlers that are like these snakes with like reptile things with arms and they live in caves and they just eat everything <sighs> and yeah and so it's this, them trying to get away. They run into John C. Riley, who's the American pilot from World War II that we saw at the beginning. Crash land. He's a lot of fun. He's good at playing this kind of whacked out, uh, lost in time guy. But yeah, like, there's a lot of cool battles. I didn't feel like a, uh, like there wasn't enough Kong <laughs> or anything like that. And all the action sequences were really fun. All the actors did good. Um, there's some good, like, emotional moments, you know. Uh, you get attached to all these characters, and at least I did. And, you know, then it ends with them getting away and leaving Kong as king of the island. And, like, Kong's, like, like just like Godzilla in the last one. Like, he's not a good guy necessarily, but he just, like, takes care of his land. And he leaves the humans alone for the most part. Except for Samuel L. Jackson. He does stomp on Samuel L. Jackson. But that's because Samuel Jackson's kind of blow him up with napalm. And then it also ends with a nice um, scene of John C. Riley finally getting back to America and meeting his, his wife and his son that was, like, born while he was away so he's meeting his son for the first time and uh that was really nice it made me uh tear up so yeah and i didn't have much like deep to say about this movie but i enjoyed it it was a it was a good time uh i recommend it if you just want a nice like fun movie to watch don't think too hard though it's funny that like there's not much to say but like this is like one of the deepest like wikipedia's but all these monster movies have so much info because they're all like talking about how much they care about the source material and then like so there's a long wikipedia and then like 200 fucking trivia things on uh, imdb so that was a slog to get through so yeah i don't know that's all i got uh we'll see you tomorrow for um godzilla king of the monsters and hopefully i'll be less stressed out fingers crossed okay what is up guys it is Tuesday, day five. Um, there were just two loud ass explosions in my fucking uh, neighborhood. I have no idea what they were. Very weird. A um, little less stressed out today. I figured out that I needed to uh, refile my unemployment claim, so hopefully that gets sorted. I also called Covered California and submitted some more uh, proof of income, and now I gotta wait a week to hear from Medical again <laughs> which is annoying uh, but i did uh i think i mentioned this to celebrate my hitting a thousand days without drinking uh i bought myself a new laptop and it came in today and i'm recording on it right now hopefully it doesn't change too much or maybe it makes it better that'd be nice uh yeah it's, it's nice and smooth now I just gotta get an external hard drive or something. I need to like sort all my files and organize everything. Um, yeah, alright. Oh, and I've been watching more Yellowstone. That show's great. I highly recommend that show. It's very heavy. <laughs> Their lives, these people's lives are so fucking intense and sad, and I just don't know. I don't know how they do it. 
I'm stressed the fuck out, and my life is very easy and simple and stupid, and I'm not in charge of anything. Um, yeah, Yellowstone, good show, watch it. Uh, and anyway, so today's movie, Continue at the Monsterverse, Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 2019, uh, and this movie was a lot of fun. I was hooked from beginning to end, it was really cool. I'm kind of glad I waited, I watched this earlier with Dexter, like around 5pm, and right now it's almost 3, um... And, like, I've already forgotten most of the human characters' names and what they did. Because uh, I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to rate this higher than the first Godzilla. Which I did. I think I did enjoy this more than the first one. But the first one had a bit more emotional content to it. And I like emotional content. Um, so I gave this a four. This whole fucking monster versus fuck it up my <laughs> rating system. I know I need to, like, keep in mind that I'm trying to do a dope way. It's like, does this movie achieve what it set out to do? And... I think this one does. So yeah, it's basically where everyone's humanity is reacting to San Francisco falling from Godzilla and the Mutos fighting. Uh, they're like studying every monarch has all these like facilities and there's apparently a bunch of different titans now, they're calling them. And um, they're like spread throughout the world. And like the movie starts with uh, the girl from Stranger Things and her mom who's like working on this machine that can talk to the Mutos are titans and like influence them through like uh fucking frequencies or whatever and so there's mothra there and like mothra wakes up and then this like terrorist faction like busts in and kidnaps stranger things girl and her mom and uh they're like terrorists who want the titans to like reign so that they can like restore natural order to the world but then they fuck up because they then go and wake up um monster zero down in antarctica which turns out to be Ghidorah, and, um, oh, and there's, like, Millie Bobby Brown's dad, and, uh, Ken Watanabe from the first one, and some other people from the first one, and this whole, like, monarch crew are, like, are good guys that we're following, and they're fine, there's some fun actors in there, you got, uh, the dude from Billy Madison, the, like, rich guy from Billy Madison, and fucking, uh, Ice Cube's kid are in there, and, uh, you know, it's fun, they're cool, um, so yeah, they wake up Ghidorah, and Ghidorah is apparently a monster from a three-headed dragon from space. He's not a natural titan. And then the whole movie just becomes Ghidorah trying to wake up the rest of the titans to take over the world. He wakes up Rodan, or this big... So like, there's a fight between Godzilla and Ghidorah, and then they go into Rodan. Rodan's like a fire magma dragon. Rodan teams up with Ghidorah, and... They fight in the Gulf of Mexico, and you think uh, Godzilla and them are fighting, and then the humans decide to fire a uh, oxygen destroyer at the battle, which knocks Godzilla out, and Ghidorah, like, survives. And then Godzilla, like, floats down into this vortex. Like, there's a whole Hollow Earth thing that they, like, first teased in us, uh, Kong. And so Godzilla, like, goes in there to, like, recuperate. We think he's dead, but then we follow him in there, and it's, like, Atlantis. Or something like Atlantis, like this ancient civilization that had a temple for Godzilla, and he has like a nest of like radiation that he heals on. But we need him back quicker than that. So uh, Ken Watanabe like sacrifices himself with a nuke to like give Godzilla more juice and wake him up. And Mothra is also helping because apparently Mothra is like in a symbiotic relationship with Godzilla, which is kind of weird. But whoa, okay. And then uh, Ghidorah has gone to Boston because that's where Millie Bobby Brown is. And he's, like, calling all the other titans to him. And, but then Godzilla shows up. They have a fight, and Godzilla's, like, 
has too much nuclear energy in him, so he, like, is, like, he becomes, I don't know, it's, like, a really fucking badass fight, and Mothra's there helping with her, like, god beams, and Godzilla gets so hot that he just melts metal as he walks by it. It's a lot of fun stuff. You should go watch it. Um, I'm not doing the best job of recapping because my brain is fried, because, like, I think I just said this for Kong yesterday. Kong had 200 trivia items in their IMDb page. This movie had 552. So fucking many. I tried to read them. I really tried. But someone, IMDb needs to hire someone to go clean this section up. I like, there's so many repeats. And then there's like a whole like, instead of like, IMDb trivia section should be like a small paragraph at most. But they're like full fucking like essays that they throw in there. And just like unedited like comments and like sections of articles. Like someone needs to go in there and edit it. Take out all the fucking, like, repetitions, and then break down those articles into, like, the necessary information. Hire me. I am to be it. I'll do it. But you gotta fucking pay me. Um, though, like, one day I do want to go back and, like, try to read all of it. Because, like, one thing I really liked about this movie is that there's so much world building, and there's a lot of really cool, like, stuff about how Titans used to interact with people. And, like, they, because they, they show a bunch of, like, Titans who weren't in the fight. They, like, at the end of the movie come and, like, surround Godzilla and, like, bow to him. There's, like, the woolly mammoth one and, like, the big turtle-like one and the spider one and, like, some other ones we haven't heard of. And then, like, the credits have a bunch of news clippings while playing is a cover of uh, Blue Oyster Colt's Godzilla. It's playing and the cover is sung by Surge from System of a Down and also some of the guys from uh, Metalocalypse from Death Clock. Brendan Small and uh, Gene Hoagland. Gene Hoagland's one of the best death metal drummers to ever do it. So it's really cool that he got involved in this. And um, and so while that song's playing, they're like a bunch of these clips showing like how Titans are living in harmony with humans and helping uh helping everyone like adapt. Like there's now a rainforest in the Sahara. Fish are repopulating. Like a bunch of species aren't extinct or on the extinct endangered species list anymore. So yeah, it was very cool. Um, I'm really excited to watch Godzilla vs. Kong tomorrow. I could just watch it right now, but I gotta wait for Dexter. Um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. My one wish that I know is not gonna happen, but talking about them finally using the song Godzilla in this, I really want to hear a Gojira song in a Godzilla movie, because Gojira is one of the best bands ever, and they do like big, heavy, stomping riffs. Perfect for a giant monster movie. That's, that's just my two sons. Why am I talking like um, a fucking radio host? Um, so yeah, four stars, a lot of fun. We'll see you tomorrow for the big one. Okay, hey guys, day six, a big day. Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, and guess what? It fucking ruled. I'll just get into it because I don't really have much to say about this movie. And also, like, it just came out today, two days before <laughs> you're listening to it, if you're listening to it on the day I release this which probably aren't um but yeah i thought the world building was cool like the human stuff was just like whatever but i did like certain things i i liked um paperboy from atlanta being like a conspiracy theorist podcaster uh millie bobby brown was fun teamed up with him and also the new zealander kid from christmas chronicles he was they were fun too i liked kong having a emotional connection to a deaf little deaf girl who he likes sign language was with that's cool Besides that, all the human characters are whatever. Um, but yeah, like, the world building was sick. And, like, the emotional, like, 
content from Godzilla and Kong was fun. Because it's like five years after the last movie. Apparently Godzilla and Kong are the only um, Titans left. And they expand on the whole Hollow Earth thing. And decide to use Kong to like guide them to the Hollow Earth. Which is like this crazy, they go through a tunnel that falls into a vortex. Where you go through this like gravity inversion. Where you do like this light speed fucking thing. And it whips you into the underworld. Which is like two lands mirroring or mirroring mirroring each other and you do this like gravity inversion they can like kill you if you're not in like the right thing yeah when we learn about like kong's like ancestors and he has an axe that's like made out of a one of godzilla's or godzilla's ancestor scales then i don't know and godzilla fucking like senses that kong is another alpha and like fights him on the way there they have a cool water fight they fucking uh and then you know after the whole hollow earth thing whatever i don't know why am i even i don't feel like <laughs> the fight's cool the world is cool fucking mecha godzilla was fun even though i kind of wish the design was a little better um yeah i give this a solid four stars just watch it and have some fun and look at some cool stuff and thank god this movie i'm doing this on the day it came out because the wikipedia under the imdb trivia only had 35 items so i didn't have to like slog through that today so yeah that's all i'm gonna say it was fucking cool uh yeah i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna go back to i just finished watching season one of yellowstone and so i'm gonna watch season two i highly recommend this show it is like the heaviest fucking show i've ever watched i don't know how these people live if one thing that happened to anybody in this show happened to me it would ruin me um well, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow rounding out the week. I think me and Dexter are going to watch Shen Godzilla, and that should be fun. So, all right, see ya. All right, hey, guys. Day seven, last day of the week. Um, Feeling nervous. Vaccine tomorrow. Feeling a little anxious. Um, hopefully, I wake up in time. I might just try to fall asleep early. But who knows? My anxiety is probably going to keep me awake. Um, I did talk to um, my friend who she works are actually giving out vaccines. And she made me feel a lot better because, like I said, I was, like, you know, I'm slightly sick. She's like, yeah, no, that's fine. You can still get a vaccine if you're sick, but if you have a fever, stay home. I don't have a fever. It's just a little light bullshit. So I'm glad I talked to her. Thank you, Emily. Um, Yeah, and so, and also today, this is the start of a new month. And so I'm starting, and this only really matters to me, but I'm starting it. I'm going to do a new randomizing system this month. I'm going to... uh. So on Letterboxd, when you look at your watch list, when you're not signed in to your own account, but looking at your watch list, it puts everything in pages of 28. And so for whichever day of the month, I'm going to pick from the corresponding number of each page. So like right now I have nine pages. So I looked at all the number ones on each of the nine pages and I picked from that. And I'm going to do that for the month, um, barring any like if Dexter wants to watch a special movie or if, like, something comes out, like, I think Mortal Kombat comes out this month. I'm sure we'll watch that. Um, but, yeah. And so for today's movie, I kind of cheated it <laughs> by, um, I watched Shin Godzilla just to round out the whole modern Godzilla thing. But it still counts as my system because I added it to my watch list uh, last. The last thing I added to my watch list. So it was number one on the number one page. So it counts. Um, but, yeah, so... Shin Godzilla, 1996, really good. I was like just immediately blown away at how different the tone is from the American versions. Like the American ones are just like big globe trotting 
super fast-paced action, like big scene, like big fights and everything. And this was like one location, very quiet to start with one monster, just Godzilla. And he's not like swimming around and doing all kinds of crazy shit and jumping around. He and he's not friends with humanity. He is just terrifying. Just absolutely the scariest thing in the world. And so it like starts with there's like a in Tokyo Bay, there's like a little eruption. Nobody knows what it is. And then it turns out to be Godzilla. And uh, Godzilla is like this weird in this one. And like instead of a nuclear bomb starting it, he's like started by nuclear waste. Because, like, while original Godzilla is supposed to be a commentary on bombing nuclear bombs, this is supposed to be a commentary on the Fukushima uh, disaster with the earthquake and the reactor and the government's handling of that. So, like, throughout this whole movie, it just is constantly just pointing out how the bureaucratic system of the Japanese government is, like, so ridiculous and kind of useless, which I think I saw something like this might be a promoting like nationalistic and like far right ideals, but I think it is also just works as like a good satire on the whole concept of bureaucracy. Like they are so slow to react to everything, and because they have to ask every person for admission for every little thing, and like constantly going back and forth, and I, it's crazy. So like Godzilla, at first he's this he's this weird. He's like in the water. And he pushes up a canal and then finally gets on land and he doesn't even have arms. He's just like this little like snake thing with hind legs and he just pushes through like crawling on his uh, stomach, just pushing through. And he has these big, ridiculous, like googly eyes. And he looks silly and he has this big like sack neck and it's like spilling blood. And he's just like destroying the town and finally he like evolves into his like into like a second form where he's like standing up and like develops hands and then uh yeah and then what he like goes back into the ocean to cool off and he comes back and he's like in his final form and this version got like Godzilla and the other movies is terrifying like the American ones but he's like huge he has kind of an expressive face he's like sympathetic with humanity this is just a weird mutated monster he's ugly as fuck he looks disgusting he it's just scary, and he's just, is just wreaking havoc. He doesn't give a fuck about humans or anything. doesn't, like, pay any attention to them. And, like, his his nuclear breath is, like, he can, like, shoot it and then focus it into, like, a jet stream. And then, like, the American government tries to help, and they drop these, like, bunker busters into his back. But that just makes him angry, and then he fires off, like, energy from his mouth and his, like, dorsal fins. So it's, like, ten lasers shoot out of his back and, like, destroy everything. And, uh, yeah, it was just terrifying. Uh, and I wasn't paying as much attention as I should have in this movie, but I think, like, you're not really supposed to remember much of the characters, because it is, like, literally just so many characters representing all the different, like, sections of bureaucracy, but they do, there's, like, a main little core of, like, team of people who work outside the bureaucracy, whatever, and they create a plan to stop, uh, Godzilla, and it involves them, like, getting a bunch of coagulant so they can freeze him from the inside, and so they use these, tro- like, they hold, make the American government hold off on dropping a nuclear bomb on Tokyo. And devise this plan where they, like, use explosives to, like, knock buildings on top of Godzilla and shoot trains into his feet and blow them up. And then when he's knocked down, they bring these trucks with these, like, boom arms and shoot uh, coagulant into his mouth. And he kills, like, a platoon of trucks to do it, but then they bring in another group and they eventually, like, fill him with so much of his stuff and it works. And he just freezes into like a Godzilla statue and that's it um I don't know it was very it's a cool movie I like this a lot uh it also ends like the final shot is showing like the end of his tail and there's like these humanoids like skeletons like sprouting out of it so it's like I guess the next evolution of Godzilla was 
to make little like humans pop out of them, which I don't know why he would do that, but that was weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I like this. This is my first time watching a Japanese Godzilla movie, and it makes me want to go back and watch all of them. There's like 30. I could do a whole Godzilla month, and maybe I will one day. But I was just, I like the vibe of this. I like that it was trying to say something. I like that uh, the monster design was cool, but I like how they purposely, even though it was all CG, they tried to make it look like a rubber monster at certain points and he was kind of like he was just kind of silly looking at times and just but also just very fucking frightening um so yeah four stars and that's it for me this week um see you guys next week i'll tell you how to how the vaccine goes i'm about to try a new editing method with this uh my new laptop here and i was listening i was cutting down some spaces and then i was listening to the quality and the quality of the audio was making me depressed so who knows if i even do this <laughs> next week we'll see i probably will but the fun is wearing off on some of the editing um but whatever i'm gonna keep watching movies regardless and uh yeah so i've been burnt olivier at birdsaw and everything uh and it's time i disappear